Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Atlantic Coast Conference with arms wide open. Have a change in heart for BYU football. Nice Creed reference. Tyler Hawes brought the fire after practice yesterday. Why he believes BYU gets the tourney train rolling. It starts tonight against San Francisco. ESPN's Roxy Bernstein joins us live before he calls the game. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Have to be perfect by Thursday. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, brought to you by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Huge show today on Thursday, January 29th, wherever and however you're dialed in. Welcome. Spencer Linton here, teamed up once again with Bananarama groupie Jerem Jordan. I, I don't even know what that is. I don't know that reference. Bananarama is a, is a music group. They sing Cruel Summer. It's a cruel. They cruel, sing cruel summer. Cruel nice. Summer. Yeah. yeah, that was super awesome. Back in the <laughs> dizzle. <laughs> it's good to be back. I missed the last two days. Uh, one day I thought was going to be just a regular vacation day. They ended up being two sick days. Man. But my yeah, my wife and baby got sick. It is crazy in the Jordan household. Yeah, everybody's right now. sick up in Utah County, man. I know. It's horrible. Brad Logan's voice was awesome. Two days ago. It's <laughs> like, who's that guy? R&B with B-Lo. I, I always know when I come back and Brian hosted because the mic is lower and the chair is up way high. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> you watched Lob City courtside last night. Got to see former BYU basketball great Michael Smith. Yeah, I had fun at the uh, Clippers game. Freelance there. But uh, Michael Smith loves BYU. It was, it was fun hanging out with him last night. Our conversation goes 24-7 on Twitter. As I mentioned, tons going on. The ACC with a big-time announcement in regard to BYU, uh, they have rescinded uh, their exclusionary status of BYU as a P5. More on that in a bit. We call that repentance yeah. around these parts. <laughs> Use the hashtag BYUSN and be a part of BYU Sports Nation for our Twitter question. What's your reaction to the ACC changing its mind about counting BYU as a P5-level opponent? Uh, to me, initially, I thought, not a, not a big deal. We'll dive into that in a moment. I, I think if BYU gets more ACC games out of it or other conferences start scheduling BYU more often, that's where the value is. But BYU scheduled Missouri, LSU, and Michigan State without having this SEC-ACC validation as a P5 equivalent. So whatever. But I think it does have a positive impact. I'll get into that in a moment. Uh, send in your tweets using the hashtag BYUSN. Speaking of tweets, Brett McMurphy of ESPN was the uh, man to break it, as he so often is in the college football world. He said this via Twitter, ACC changes stance, games versus BYU will count toward Power 5 non-league requirement, sources told ESPN. So so, uh, North Carolina doesn't have to schedule Wake Forest for a non-conference game of football. Did you hear about that? That was weird. Yeah, that was really weird. weird. Schedule BYU. Go play somebody. Other headlines in BYU Sports Nation today. Game day for BYU men's and women's basketball. The men host USF tonight. The ladies on the hill in the Bay Area for a road contest with the Dons. According to Dave Rose yesterday and BYU men's basketball, senior center Nate Austin, not close to a return. Yeah, it was very telling the way he presented that information, too. It's been a disaster. He he breaks breaks essentially his hamstring. Yeah. (laughs) And then... It's been, what, seven weeks yesterday? Oh, man. Like, the likelihood of him applying for a medical hardship waiver is now looking like that's going to happen. I mean, it's... Which would be good for next year. You still have a scholarship situation. Oh, with but some it kills, guys. kills BYU this year. BYU's going to have another roster of 15 yeah. or 16 next year, if that's the case. 
How about this? Austin Colley responded via Twitter yesterday to reports <laughs> funny. that he had signed with the Montreal Alouettes of the CFL. Way to say it correctly. Thank you very much. Saying, don't believe everything you hear. Totally wrong. <laughs> it wasn't true. What the, the heck? The Canadian Adam Schefter was wrong. <laughs> What's up with that, man? Hey, I'm I'm one of the people that retweeted that. Like, oh, cool, you know? Yeah, you go to the source, like the guy's Listen, saying it. Sound journalism is two sources, right? You could have two people wrong by the mouth of two or three. They could still lie or be wrong, but you wonder what Austin's doing, not... or if it's still in the works, if he's trying to get in the NFL. I don't, I don't know. know. His, yeah. his dad, uh, his dad Scott played in the CFL, and he's apparently Canadian-born, so he could be. He's a national. He feels a, a na- ro- he feels a national. Yeah. That's such thing up there as a national roster. I love spot. that that's the case with different countries. Like, hey. If you're a foreigner, we only have X amount of spots for you. This is our league. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Get out of here. On Except this day in 1995, oh, by the way, Steve Young threw a Super Bowl record six touchdown passes in a 49ers blowout win over the San Diego Chargers. Steve will join us tomorrow on the show. As we get ready for the Super Bowl. I mean, the big game. Yeah, Aren't there copyright issues associated with saying that? Oh, yeah. I mean, the I've, se- big I've seen it both. Game. Yeah, the big game. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm waiting for like a instant message. The twenty sixth version of the big game, forty ninth, right? Yeah. Or well, I mean, Steve Young was. It was oh yeah, the twenty sixth. Yes. Oh yes. Version. Good call. Yes. Good okay. Call. What a game. <laughs> May- Brett McMurphy, oh by the way, of ESPN, will join us at the bottom of the hour to discuss the ACC and their change of heart. Speaking of. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. An ACC change of heart. If you're just joining us, let's read the tweet again from Brett McMurphy of ESPN, who will join us at the bottom of the hour. He says this via Twitter. ACC changes stance. Games versus BYU football will count toward Power 5 non-league requirement sources told ESPN. Jeremy, on the surface, I look at this and I'm like, okay, cool. You know, that's, there's some validation it's, in that BYU's statement. BYU's love language is validation. BYU fans want validation. BYU wants validation. We belong among P5s in all these different ways. Tell us that we do. And this is one of the ways. Now, now what happens from here? Yeah. Well, this is a question. T- tell me that Michigan State, Missouri, and LSU scheduling BYU didn't have at least a little bit to do with this. And remember Tom Homo on Media Day? Yes, I agree. Tom Homo on Media Day said, well, just kind of wait. Because he knew, hey, we have Big Ten and SEC. And I imagine there's a bunch of different deals waiting to go down between BYU and I imagine the ACC. I wouldn't be surprised if there was another Georgia Tech deal at some point. Miami would be fantastic. Those were fun games uh, in the 90s. More, more P5 games for BYU would be fantastic. BYU is getting to the point where they're p- playing a P5 kind of schedule. Now, put them into whatever conference you want. But the ACC, in terms of scheduling, to me this doesn't mean a lot. But in terms of other things, it means a lot. Other things like, Spencer, other conferences saying the same thing like the SEC, who has already scheduled two different, uh, three different games with BYU yeah, since At this point, does the SEC say, oh, yeah, sure, okay, yeah. you know what, let's bring BYU back into the P5 fold. I don't know why they said it in the first place that BYU wasn't. You just don't say anything, and then you say it when it is, not when it isn't, right? That makes more sense to me. <laughs> so now BYU has this validation from the ACC, and if this means more games for BYU, that's good for recruiting. Hey, we continue to play a really tough schedule. We can go and recruit in these areas as well, as we'll see on signing day. It looks like BYU attacked Dallas, uh, which is fantastic. 
It's 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 good overall for BYU in terms of scheduling. BYU will still schedule well, independent of whether this yeah. happens or not. Well, you look at who they're playing in the future, and and the fact that the ACC, like you said, the fact that they even came out and had to make like this official declaration. I don't know why they said that. That was just dumb. I mean that that was just <laughs> dumb. Like why? Why? I'm not even mad. Why do that? I'm it, ma- it made no sense for the ACC. The SEC, okay, they're a different level conference in college football. So I'm like. Maybe if they were the first ones to do that, you know, okay, whatever. The SEC can do their own thing. But the ACC was like, no, we we are not we are not going to include BYU. Like they and wanted that to day put we the, made fun of the ACC. They a wanted lot. to put themselves on par with the SEC, which was just like, nope. Well, they are in that they are a Power Five team. That's and BYU <sighs> wants to belong to that conversation. The ultimate goal for BYU football is to belong in a Power Five conference. That is the number one aim and mission, in my opinion, of BYU football at this point because the have and the have nots. Begin are have begun to separate. We're we're seeing it happen uh, prevalent in the state of Utah with Utah. Now BYU's got to be careful because they've got to do everything they can to get into a P five. This helps in that regard. Every little bit of momentum they can get in that regard to they, get to a P five. It's yes, all about getting into a P five. It's all really good news. BYU now considered. A P5 quality opponent in non-conference scheduling according to the Atlantic Coast Conference, which was the exact opposite a few months ago. So it is the changing landscape of college football. And for for a change now, BYU has some positive uh, affirmation from a Power 5 conference that really has some weight. This is a conference. This isn't like one commissioner or sorry, one One team scheduling scheduling or one uh, athletic director from a school in a P5 conference saying, uh, true. I think BYU is a Power 5 team. This is a conference as a whole saying we made a mistake. The ultimate validation will be when the, and I say when, when the SEC says the same thing. Because the ACC, that's nice. They produce Florida State, but they haven't produced uh, a whole lot recently. But they're a Power 5 conference, and BYU uh, needs that kind of validation. Obviously, I think the Pac-12 considers BYU a P5 equivalent. Uh, and will play BYU for a long time. But when it comes to playing teams like the ACC, that's good. And honestly, hopefully this leads to more games in the ACC because there's not a lot scheduled right now, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's got two future games scheduled with the ACC. They're both with Virginia uh, coming up, I believe, in 2019. 19 and 20? 20. September 7th, 2019 at Virginia. And then... uh, September 19th, 2020, at home to Virginia. More games with the ACC would be nice. Here's More games some, with P5s in general. Here's something to think about. Does this change Notre Dame's willingness to schedule BYU because they have that outside agreement with the ACC? I, uh, no, I, I think it's just who, who Notre Dame wants to play. and who. I mean, they canceled but with Michigan. Why would BYU yeah. supersede Michigan? Well, because there were so many games. Why not? There are four, technically, that are supposed to be played still. So if, if it's ACC, more winnable to them or something? Yeah, it's a good win. It looks like a good win on your schedule. It's, you can't argue that. I'd, lo- I'd love for Notre Dame to own up to the two games BYU's played there. You know, when Kirk Herbstreit says... At, in Provo, they need that. When Kirk Herbstreit, who I don't care if you like him or not, he is one of the dominant so voices dreamy, in college football. He's one of the top three dominant voices in all of for college sure. football. For sure. Okay, when he says Michigan State did a good thing by scheduling up, by loading the non-conference schedule, adding BYU, there is more validation to that as well. Okay, so why wouldn't Notre Dame look at that and say, Michigan State's playing them, LSU's playing them, Missouri's playing them. 
yeah, let's let's at least play one or two of these games that we had scheduled with him. This has to help. Yes, this is a good thing. It's a really good thing. Uh, I'll repeat, in terms of scheduling, not a big deal to me because I think BYU will schedule the way they want to schedule regardless. But in all other aspects, positive. I want to read a tweet that is dissenting in this uh, at Andy, Andy Tears. If you don't, this is to me, if you don't think the ACC decision is a big deal, then you're a clown. The more P5 teams that schedule us, the better. That's what I'm saying, that BYU is going to schedule who they want regardless of this. I don't think this helps. Uh, I, I think it helps, but BYU is still scheduling great. Prior to this, BYU had scheduled LSU and Missouri and Michigan State without any kind of P5 validation. So BYU is still going to schedule well. It's if you can get more of these kind of games consistently. Now, there comes a point where you schedule too many P5s. BYU has not reached that, but you don't want to play more than seven or eight, I would say, in a season. And it depends who you play. Are I think you, that will be the status quo. You know, between six to, point, six to eight Power 5 teams on your schedule each year perfect, in independence. Perfect. Next year is close to the ideal schedule for BYU, in my opinion. Because you're playing a neutral side on an NFL uh, field, uh, stadium. You're playing some tough P5 games with name programs. Who knows how many will be ranked at the time. You could have two or three in there, I think. Then you're playing some of the best of the rest outside the P5. It's a good schedule. You need more home games. That's the thing. If this... Announcement means more home games for BYU. Now we're talking. Now it means something. Well, it's a, it's a step in that direction. It has to be. Because I don't want to just have BYU play these one-off road games or two-for-ones. Let's go one-for-one one with Georgia Tech, like BYU did in 12 and 13, and that was fantastic. Now look at Georgia Tech, by the way. They were in a New Year's Six game. Hey, let's play them now and see what happens. Yeah, how about that? How about BYU beat two two teams that won New Year's Six Bowl games in 2013, Georgia Tech and Boise State? Interesting. Hmm. In, in 13, in an 8-5 and five season that was perceived as down, but re, in all reality was probably up because those teams weren't necessarily all ranked. Uh, Texas was 15th at the time. Those were, that was a solid schedule. Eight wins in 2013 was way better than eight wins in 2014, or at least it felt that way. The man who broke the news about the ACC changing its mind in reference to BYU counting as a P5-level opponent, Brent McMurphy, will join us uh, shortly on BYU Sports Nation at about 10.30. Uh, also up next, another ESPN personality, Roxy Bernstein, who will call the BYU-San Francisco men's basketball game tonight, uh, joining us on the show. He will be in the arena tonight. We can confirm that. <laughs> Very excited about it. Let's get to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. What is your reaction to the ACC changing its mind about counting BYU as a P5 level opponent first tweet in from at brett underscore mika maybe it doesn't affect future scheduling but it is finally a sign of recognition my man yeah that's how i feel you know it's Amen, the, the validation Preach. just matters okay in byu in his current independent state all of this stuff is really good and again this is from a conference as a whole not one athletic director from a power five conference that's a great point because byu's had that from a couple of different uh, schools, but it's nice that AP5 Conference says this. I imagine that others will follow suit. Hmm. And when the SEC says it, that's the ultimate validation. At LDS Soccer Todd, not a huge deal in and of itself. Potential to be big if it means we schedule more ACC teams. Yes. More Georgia Tech, I'm telling please. you, that's one that sticks out for some reason. I would love to play Miami again, honestly. There are a bunch of other teams I just honestly don't care for out of the ACC. ACC. It just wouldn't matter. Wake Forest, I know they played Utah State last year. Clemson would be nice. Fine, yeah, That'd bring on the Tigers. Florida State, we could, uh, no, we're good. 
That's okay. Hey, ACC, we forgive you. We forgive you, ACC. Or three times. BYU Sports <laughs> Nation continues next. We're on the Basketball Watch. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio. You can watch us on BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation and join our very intriguing conversation today. Football, basketball, a little bit of everything using the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up in six days next Wednesday, the BYU Sports Nation signing day coverage starts at noon Eastern with BYU Sports Nation regular time. 3 p.m., BYUTV.org has the press conference with Bronco Mendenhall and company. Then 4 p.m., a special hour-long BYU Sports Nation with Bronco Mendenhall on uh, to break down the recruits. We'll talk about everybody, including return missionaries, junior college guys, uh, show you video of those guys. It's going to be awesome. Next Wednesday starts at noon Eastern. Three hours of coverage in total starting at noon Eastern. If you just missed the news, Brett McMurphy of ESPN announced the ACC changing its stance on BYU. The Cougars will count toward Power 5 non-league requirements. Sources telling that to ESPN. Brett McMurphy will join us at the bottom of the hour. Another ESPN personality joining us live on BYU Sports Nation. He'll call the basketball game between San Francisco and BYU tonight at the Marriott Center is Roxy Bernstein. Roxy, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We appreciate you joining us uh, while you travel here to uh, the Marriott Center. What's your favorite part about calling a game at the Marriott Center, Roxy? I love the crowd. Uh, the energy that's there is always, you can feel it. It's, it's palpable. It's electric every time I've done a game here. And now I, the only previous game that I've had in Provo this year was the Utah game, which, is, which certainly everything boiled over, and it was just an incredible environment. And that's what's fun to me is when you get environments like that, people who are so invested in care and bring that energy, that, that's what I think makes a great college basketball environment. That's what BYU fans are lucky to see on a nightly basis. And it should be interesting tonight given the fact that, one, it's a 9 p.m. local tip, and that, two, BYU is in an interesting spot. How would you describe where BYU is at right now as they try and get into the NCAA tournament? I, I think they're in a tough spot because – They've had some opportunities. Certainly the loss against San Diego will not help them. They need to finish strong. I think here in the back half of the WCC, it's going to be hard to win at the Kennel, but I think it's something they may have to do, or at least make a deep tournament run in the WCC tournament because the opportunities, they've played a challenging schedule, but they really haven't had those big wins. Like at Stanford, is, you know, that's, that was a good win. And, but Utah, the way that game, it, it went to the end of the game, and they came up short, and unfortunately that's the game where Nate Austin got hurt. And I think that's been a big part of why they have struggled this year. Their perimeters, I'll put their perimeter up against anybody in college basketball. The way those guys can score, the way they can pass, all the things that they can do, it's the inside play that's been the question mark. And that's something for me, guys, that guys have to get short up here, and hopefully at some point they will get Austin back. Roxy Bernstein of ESPN, play-by-play specialist on BYU Sports Nation. Roxy, from what you've seen from BYU this year, the, the peaks and the valleys, do you think that they can become an NCAA tournament team and make a solid run in the back half of WCC play? I do think the potential is there. When you look at, first off, the way they can score the ball, and they lead the country in scoring. Nobody, I don't think, is a better offensive team in college basketball than BYU. But it's the other end of the floor, and that's where I really think they've missed Austin. Because it's look, he's not going to give you 10, 12 points a night. That's not what he's going to provide. 
he's going to provide that physical play inside. He's going to take up space. He's going to block shots. He's going to rebound. He's going to do the dirty work. And I, I think that's what the team is missing. When you have young guys like Worthington, Kapusi, they really haven't figured things out yet. That's why, I, for me, it's imperative. If they're going to make a run, if they're going to get to the tournament, I think Austin could be a big key to that. The great question to me is, how many bids does the WCC end up with? And I think the answer is two. And I, I, BYU is going to have to beat out St. Mary's somehow for that second. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a two-bid league this year. Earlier on, I was thinking it was going to be a three-bid league with all three of those teams having a chance to, to get there. And certainly Gonzaga is going to be there. Um, and it could come down to that game when, when St. Mary's comes to Provo and plays at the Marriott Center for that game, and maybe if they hook up in the semifinals, the WCC tournament in Las Vegas. Those are the two games that I think are imperative for BYU to get, especially considering St. Mary's squeaked one out against BYU you know, a couple of weeks ago in Moraga. Roxy Bernstein of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. You've had a good chance to watch Tyler Haas play and Kyle Collinsworth. You called one of Casey's triple-doubles. So who has been more impressive, Tyler Haas or Kyle Collinsworth? Boy, that's a tough question. <laughs> uh, wow. You know, for me, look, Haas is such a gifted scorer. He really is. And the things that he can do, and it's not necessarily about the three-point shot with him. Yes, he shoots it well, but his mid-range game, the creativity that he has offensively, the way he is able to get shots off when it barely even touches his hands, he's coming off the screen. But what Kyle Collinsworth does, I don't know if there's – look, he's as valuable to BYU as I think any player is just about in college basketball to their team. It's the intangibles. It's not just – what he does, okay, he provides some scoring, but rebounding, assists, steals, the way he runs the club, and, and the miraculous comeback from the ACL injury and how quickly he did it and how the form that he has gotten back into. And Look, tying an NCAA record with four triple-doubles, and he still has an opportunity to break that, and maybe he could do it tonight, but what he has done is remarkable. So if you're going to put me on the spot and make me pick one of the two, to me, it's, it's Collinsworth. It was a cruel question. I, I know. <laughs> but you did the right thing. You took a side. <laughs> have, have you ever... are, you, are you guys divided on that? Uh, that's, that's tough. Pass. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Pass. I don't even want to answer that question. Collinsworth does. He passes. Can... I, I got to put it back on you guys. After you put me on the spot, now I got to line you guys up. I, t- I tend to sometimes take Tyler Haas' side just because I feel like he goes underappreciated. Uh, what he's done in terms of averaging 20-plus points a game for the last three years is unbelievable. And he, I mean, tonight you could – Roxy, you could call a game where Tyler Haas passes Danny Ainge for second points and Kyle Collinsworth sets the NCAA record in triple doubles. <laughs> this is going to be awesome tonight, maybe. We, we could have a record-setting night. That should get the crowd even more into a fervor tonight, get them out there to the Marriott Center for the 9 o'clock start. Regarding triple doubles, can you tell a guy has a triple double when you call it without the stat sheet? Uh, you, you don't necessarily know, but you get a sense. And, like, when I was calling that game at Pacific, where, where Collinsworth had the triple-double, we got the sense, all right, because I, 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 I think I'm a little different than most play-by-play guys where I'm keeping a running individual tally of some stuff. Uh, a lot of guys won't necessarily do that, but I'm pretty locked in, and it keeps me focused and engaged in the game. So I knew, okay, point total was already there. And, I'm, and I knew he had a large number of rebounds in the first half. I want to say he had like six or seven. So I was 
really aware of that. And so you kind of just make a mental note, and you know his ability to get triple-doubles. So uh, it's something that I was focused on going into the game, and so I was aware of what was going on just because that was one of the things that I was channeling to make sure I was on top of that. Roxy Bernstein will call the game tonight between BYU and San Francisco on ESPNU, 11 Eastern, 9 p.m. Mountain Time local tip. Uh, Roxy, when you look at the, the WCC, you, you see Gonzaga, St. Mary's, BYU as the top three teams right now. And Pepperdine, Santa Clara. And then there's Pepperdine, Santa Clara, and uh, just a, a mix of teams at the bottom. LMU just beat San Francisco. San Francisco just beat Pepperdine. Who's going to be the fourth team in your mind uh, when all is said and done at the end of WCC play? Who is, who is going to be or yeah, who, who should who, be? Okay, both. Yes. <laughs> See? Okay, who should be? To me, when I look at these teams, and I think the injury that Portland suffered with Barker was a big hurt to Eric Rebino's team. They could have been that team to be the fourth team. Um, And I think Alec Wintering is playing great. I think they have potential to be there. When you look at what Marty Wilson and Pepperdine have done, and they had the win at Provo earlier this year, which I think opened a lot of eyes. Stacey Davis, the way he's playing, is impressive. But to me, I look at the San Francisco team. And the majority of this group went to the postseason. They were in the NIT last year. They have some pieces. When you look at what Chris Pinkins can do, um, Tim Dirksen plays hard, Mark Tollefson. To me, this should be the team that comes in fourth in WCC. Interesting. And that is the team that BYU will host tonight at the Marriott Center. You can listen to Roxy Bernstein and see him on ESPNU 11 Eastern 9 Mountain Time. Roxy, we appreciate the time. Great to talk to you. Or you could always just turn me down and pop up Greg Rebell, which I know he'd appreciate. <laughs> Whatever they choose. Whatever the people want. We love it all. <laughs> all right, Roxy, thanks for the time. You got it, guys. Thanks. A loaded show thus far on BYU Sports Nation. All we, we, will... all we do is talk to people from ESPN. That's all we do on the show. It's fantastic. At least today, anyway, At least right? Today. Yeah. Brett McMurphy joins us next to talk about the ACC. Welcoming BYU back in to P5 non-conference inclusion, whatever that means. This is BYU Sports Nation. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. This is the simulcast. Download the show podcast on iTunes or at BYUSportsNation.com. Coming up tonight on ESPNU and BYU Radio, 11 p.m. Eastern time. Get a nice nap in. BYU and San Francisco, the Cougars trying to snap a two-game losing streak. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, BYU could have a record-setting night. Tyler Haas, 31 points away from passing Danny Ainge for second. Kyle Collinsworth, of course, one triple-double away from the single-season NCAA record. BYU played its best game of the season when they played San Francisco, in my opinion, winning by 31, 99-68. We just spoke with ESPN's Roxy Bernstein. He will call the game tonight. He feels like San Francisco should be the team that finishes in the top four, along with Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU. Tied for second with BYU last year. They were a really good team last year. Makes you wonder what's going on. We'll see both teams tonight in Provo, Utah. Joining us now, another friend from ESPN, Brett McMurphy, college football insider. He just broke the news about BYU and the ACC uh, welcoming BYU back in terms of being uh, a Power 5 non-league requirement. Brett, what was your initial reaction to that news? It's obviously great news for BYU. Um, The sources I talked to basically said that the ACC decided to change their stance 
because of the remaining four Power Five conference leagues, only the SEC will not be playing nine conference games. So there are fewer non-conference games that are going to be available. And obviously the success BYU has had, 10 consecutive bowl games under Bronco Mendenhall, um, you know, playing BYU, I, I, they believe, will actually help their strength of schedule uh, as opposed to hurt it. Um, and so it's going to be interesting. I did reach out to the SEC. They said that they have not changed their stance, that BYU will not count towards the SEC scheduling requirement. But perhaps maybe they'll revisit it since the ACC has done so. Do you, yeah, I was, that was my follow-up. Do you think that other uh, conferences will follow suit uh, in this decision that the ACC has made? Well, basically the ACC and the SEC are the only leagues that require their, their members to play at least one non-conference Power 5 team. Uh, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the Big 12 currently do not have those requirements. Now, most of those schools do it anyway. So it's just what made it tricky is that the ACC and SEC came out and said, you know, these schools will be required to play one non-Power League team. And so now with the ACC changing their stance, ACC schools, if they're interested in playing BYU, don't have to worry about it not counting toward their Power 5 requirement. And obviously I think that would open up more opportunities for BYU down the road as far as scheduling ACC teams. BYU uh, Sports Nation live in BYU, on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're joined by Brett McMurphy of ESPN College Football Insider. Brett, when you look at what BYU's done recently with scheduling Michigan State, Missouri, LSU, how much do you think that factored into the ACC making this decision today? Um, you know, probably a little bit, but probably, I mean, they're, you know, they're more concerned about how things are going to impact their league. I think they just looked at it and, you know, BYU is a quality program, and, you know, they, they've, they've been, uh, you know, to bowl 10 consecutive years, I think nine consecutive winning seasons, um, you know, and they, they do play quality opponents. So I think it all kind of factored in, but, you know, I mean, this makes uh, Tom Holmo's job just a little bit easier. <laughs> Not <laughs> that he has the easiest job. I always joke with him he's got the toughest job in America trying to fill out 12 games. Um, you know, it's not like it's not like BYU's Notre Dame. Uh, no offense, but it's it's a lot. It's a much different animal. So the fact now that the ACC is on board only makes it uh, that that much easier, if you will. And it's it's great news for BYU. Does it help BYU at all in its pursuit of first maybe New Year's Six inclusion, uh, th- that or and or P five inclusion at some point down the road? Uh, you know, I mean, based, bottom line for BYU, it's pretty simple. For them to get in in, in a um, New Year's Six Bowl, they're going to probably they're going to have to finish in the top ten in the country. I mean, it's that simple. Um, if if they are in the top ten, they will get an at large bid. Except there's a weird year, actually year three of the three year rotation, where there's only one at large bid available, so they may have to finish higher than that. Obviously, they're they're in the top four. They're in the they're in the semifinals. Um, it will help, obviously, their strength of schedule. If now they can, uh, you know, play an ACC team instead of instead of maybe a, a lesser caliber of opponent. But it's, I think it's pretty simple for BYU. You know, they're going to have to go 11 and one, maybe 10 and two to get in the top 10. Um, you know, and so I think it's pretty cut and dried as far as getting into a Power Five conference. I, I don't see it happening anytime soon. I don't think any of the Power Five leagues are going to expand. I know everyone likes to look at the Big 12 and say they need to expand. They've got to get the 12. They're going to get screwed out of the playoffs. 
you know, that's just not going to happen. You know, what they're trying to do is they're trying to get a waiver, ironically, with the ACC to allow the ability to have a conference title game with only 10 schools. And then when that happens, I think they've got a tough decision whether to add a conference title game. But they can't simply add two teams because it would decrease the amount of money that each school is currently making. They're making over $20 million per school in media rights. If they add two more schools and you look at the list of available candidates, BYU or teams from the American, it would reduce the amount of money that each school would receive. So it's not a smart business decision. You know, I know people think they should do it because they got shut out of the playoff, but I talked to a lot of Big 12 administrators in New York the week after the, after the championship Saturday, and, you know, the, the common theme was, you know, hey, let's just relax because, remember, if one or two games would have gone differently on that last Saturday, <laughs> the Big 12 could have got two teams in the playoff. Yeah, and then yeah, all seriously. of a sudden everyone would, would say, wow, Bob Bowlesby's a genius. We need to get rid of the conference title game. <laughs> um, I do think there will be more conference realignment. I don't know if I'll be alive when it happens. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I think when we get towards the end of the 12 years, all these conferences have media rights, grant of rights deals that extend out, I think, like 10, 10 more years, 12 more years. I think when we get towards the end of that, I really think you'll see one of the Power Five conferences, my money would be on the Big Ten, make the first move to get to go to 16 teams. Once they make that move to go to 16 teams, then I think you'll see a domino effect where you'll see the remaining conference, Power Five conferences scramble to get up to 14 teams, get up to 16 teams. I think when that happens, that would be BYU's best shot to get into a Power Five conference. But until that happens, none of these power, power conferences have any reason to expand. They've got all their money. They've got their TV, new TV deals. The Big Ten new, is uh, start negotiating its new TV deal, um, which, will, which will start in a couple of years. So they're going to make a, a boatload of money. They just expanded. I do think we'll see one more round of realignment, and I think we'll see everybody go to 16 teams. But I think that's probably about 10 or 12 years down the road. We're talking with ESPN College Football Insider Brett McMurphy. He broke the news about BYU uh, being included in the ACC non-conference P5-level opponent scheduling. Brett, when you, when you look at the other conferences that do have conference championship games and that have at least 12 teams, are they okay with the Big 12 only having 10 teams? I know that the ACC has kind of said, yeah, it's okay, but what about the other conferences? You know, that's funny. I get asked that question a lot, especially on Twitter. People like, well, you know, the other conferences are going to force the Big 12 to have 12 teams. Well, they, one, they can't force them to do anything. And two, I talked to the other commissioners in these other leagues. They've got no problems with the Big 12 only having 10 members. Um, you know, basically it's, it's going to boil down to we only have a one, one year to look at, but it's going to boil down to how the selection committee views teams that do have conference title games or views conferences that have title, title games and how they view conferences that don't have title games. And if it appears that it is a disadvantage not to have a conference title game, then, you know, sure enough, the Big 12 would add one. Um, but there's, there's absolutely no way that any of the other power conferences can force the Big 12 to, add, to either expand or to add a conference title game. That's simply the Big 12's decision. But the selection committee can force their hand if after two or three years it seems like that the Big 12 is at a disadvantage for not having a title game because I thought it was interesting that Jeff Longstead on the, after the final rankings came out this year that Ohio State benefited from having a 13th game 
um, while obviously Baylor and TCU only played 12. No doubt. Uh, let's wrap up with this. BYU is playing a tough 2015 schedule. Nebraska, Boise State, UCLA, Michigan, Missouri, among others on that schedule. Is BYU better, better suited to play this model where maybe they make a splash by winning a couple of these games, losing some, finishing, finishing with, say, 9 or 10 wins, or uh, the Boise State model where you play a really tough game or two and end up undefeated? Uh, I guess it kind of depends on your philosophy. I mean, it's, it, from a, from a B, BYU fan's perspective, would you rather go 11 and 1 and 12 and 0 against a bunch of cupcakes and get shut out of the, the bowl, you know, the power bowl process? Or would you rather play, you know, a, a lot of juggernauts and, you know, pull off, you know, a couple of upsets that you get a lot of attention for and, you know, maybe finish eight, eight and four, seven and five. I don't think there's a, a correct answer there. I guess it's more what your goals are. I think you know the, the better competition you play, you're going to get better. And ultimately, if you start beating these teams, um, you know you're going to get more recognition. You're going to get uh, you know you get higher ranked, and you you'll be looked. I think you'll be viewed as a different different team than as you pose. You beat up on a bunch of nobodies. Then it'll be kind of like the old, you know, the old Boise State uh, argument, where well, they they went undefeated, they deserve to be in the mix. Well, now that we've got a selection committee, it's, you, when we saw they dropped Florida State, an undefeated Florida State to number three, it shows it means more than just going undefeated. It means who you, who you play. So, uh, if if Tom Holman wanted to make me AD for a day, I'd say play the toughest. Tough a schedule you can't. I don't know if Bronco would like that, but I mean, you got to have some breaks. You can't play. You can't play twelve Power Five teams, obviously, every year. But you know, playing five or six, I think, is realistic. And you know, if you win those games, you're going to be in the conversation for for the playoffs or, or for for a New Year's Six Bowl. I think that's a lot better than winning a lot of games. It really isn't going to excite your fan base much. Follow him at McMurphy ESPN, Brett McMurphy, college football insider on BYU Sports Nation. Brett, I know you went to Oklahoma State. They're a member of the Big 12. If you want to put in a good word for BYU with your <laughs> higher-ups, feel free to do so. Uh, I've, I've talked to him plenty of times. So I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for the time, Brett. Thanks, guys. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. There's a lot I mean, to digest that, there. <laughs> There's a lot happening right now, and uh, he brought up some great points. He, he already told us that he thinks BYU's best chance of getting into a Power 5 conference is when the Big Ten goes to 16. He said that to us last time, and now mm-hmm. he has reiterated that. And so uh, it's been six months, but, but he still is on that stance that it, it's going to take a, a conference going to 16 to get BYU into a Power 5 conference. And he also mentioned uh, about BYU and the ACC, today's news, that it basically means more games for BYU and the ACC. Which is the number one, the number one thing. He also mentioned that the SEC, he thinks, will rethink their stance. As How well. do they not? I know, and it, and it has to do with. And he pointed out something: the uh, you know nine nine non-conference games versus eight in some conferences. So you want to balance that out. And so the ACC has decided, okay, BYU is going to count, which is nice because if I'm the AC, AAC, the American, I go, hey, wait a minute, why does BYU get that and we don't? BYU wants to be in that spot between the P5s and the AC and Mount Lyon. More on this Brett McMurphy Twitter action and what he told us coming up. Plus, BYU Volleyball's Jake Langlois, Duke and Ball. It's good, man. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. I'm Spencer Linton, and to my left sits Jerome Jodin. Thank you for that French pronunciation. Well, it has something to do with who our next guest is. I know. We'll get to that in a moment. 
Coming up next Wednesday, BYU Sports Nation signing day. Noon Eastern, BYU Sports Nation live, per the norm. 3 p.m., BYUtv.org has press conference. And then 4 p.m. Eastern, BYU Sports Nation, a special hour-long dish with Bronco Mendenhall. We'll break down all the guys, high school, junior college transfers, return missionaries, with the man, Bronco Mendenhall. You'll see highlights as well. It's awesome. We'll also ask him about his reaction to the ACC changing its mind about counting BYU as a P5-level non-conference opponent. I bet he has an opinion. (laughs) And it's probably a good one for a change, right? Some validation. We just talked to ESPN's Brett McMurphy. If you missed that entire interview, then you need to go back and listen to it. We'll have that available for you on our YouTube channel as well as at BYUsportsNation.com where you can download the podcast. Joining BYU Sports Nation now is the new face of BYU men's volleyball, Jake Langlois. Jake, uh, welcome to the set, man. Thanks. Glad to be here. A lot of BYU fans are like, yeah, I'm starting to get to know this guy, but I didn't know you from last year. So tell us about, tell us a little bit about your story. Everyone knows, you know, Taylor Sander, and then here you are this year as one of the main outside hitters, man. So I, I never played before college. Wait, so what? So, sorry, repeat that. I never played before college. You never played before college? <laughs> no, I And didn't. now you're starting on the uh, a top 10 team. Yeah, so just uh, working hard, trying to practice as much as I can, and Somehow I'm playing this year. <laughs> how did the, how did it begin? Where did your volleyball career begin when you didn't play before college? Like, and why volleyball? Well, my dad used to play here. I don't know what years, but uh, he played at BYU, and it was a club team. And He's so old, you don't know the years. In a galaxy <laughs> far, far <laughs> That's away. Not, not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he um, he just always taught me the things that he learned when he was here at BYU, and I just picked things up, played some church ball, and just tried out when I got here my freshman year for fun. So I, uh, Chris McGowan told me that the roster was set when you tried out, so you weren't actually on the team, but you hung around and were sort of a ball boy and just helped. Yeah. This is before your mission? Yep. What year was this? 11? 2010. 2010? Yeah. You're just serving, maybe passing sometimes, just yeah. kind of watching? On the dark side. You were on the dark side. Literally <laughs> yeah. the dark side yeah. of the Smithfield house. There are no <laughs> lights over there. It's seriously dark. Then you go on your mission. Where'd you go on your mission again? Brazil. Of course. Maceo, yep. right? Maceo. Awesome. Yeah. I went to Porto Alegre North, so we're homies that way. Yes. <laughs> then you come back from your mission, and that's what, last year's season? Right. Okay, and so what, what happened last year with you? Um, got back. I went through a lot of injuries. That was tough, um, but just tried as hard as I could to get better because I knew I was way behind everyone else. Everyone had been playing for eight, ten years their whole lives, and I was just a little baby. <laughs> I know you're dealing with, you brought up injuries, you're dealing with this uh, mm. kind of mystery stress fracture and, and playing through the pain and doing a really good job as one of BYU's top outside hitters. Where is your health level right now at this point in the season? Um, it's it's alright. <laughs> I have stress fractures in both my legs, and it's been almost a year now. And still, nothing's changed. So, just trying to control the pain and and play as much as I can. Do you carry around a man card because of that? Like you should. I've got stress fractures in both of my legs, and I play for a top ten volleyball team. I'm playing through the pain. Yes. How, how do you deal with the pain? Uh, just play. The guys make fun of me because I'm always hurt. So. <laughs> I You're like, this I is a nec- real thing, you guys. I, w- I wouldn't necessarily say I have a man card, maybe a girl card, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm always hurt. <laughs> well, you produced uh, in the win at Lewis 22 kills, the last three matches, 14, 12, 17, 17 in the, f- uh, the five-win set at Santa Barbara. What's this been like for you to be 
the ball boy in 2010 to now one of the main outside hitters for BYU the year after your roommate Taylor Sander graduated? All I can say is it's fun. <laughs> Never thought I'd be here. And thanks to my teammates, I'm, I'm actually playing well now. What was it like the first time you stepped on the floor in the Smithfield house and you recorded your first kill in front of that crazy crowd? That was amazing. That was so fun. Because I'd always been on the bench for the, the BYU home games. And the first time I went out there, it was, it was awesome. So much fun. And it's a crazy awesome environment. Uh, and you can watch BYU play UC San Diego tomorrow night on BYU TV, 9 Eastern time. Of course, I would plug that because it's going to be awesome. Uh, Jake, when you look at what you guys have done so far this season, I wasn't even sure what to expect kind of with this team without Devin Young, Taylor Sander. What do you, how do you think you guys have done so far? I think we've done really well. We're really young. Um, and I think we have a chance to go pretty far this year. You just got to keep working hard in practice and keep playing hard. What are the things that you have to do better? I mean, you've, you've kind of bounced up and down the rankings. You went from number eight to number four after a sweep of UCLA. Who cares about these rankings, then you, Spencer? <laughs> then you split with UCSB and drop back down to number seven. What's it going to take for BYU to be consistently a top five team and not just a top ten team? Well, if we can consistently serve and pass well, we'll win every game because our defense is awesome. Everyone except for Jalen's above 6'6 on our team or at least the ones that are starting right now. And so our block's really good, our defense really good, and our attacking's pretty good. So just serve and pass. You, you decided to play volleyball, but what, uh, I know you've told me you, you wanted to play a Division One sport at BYU. Did you think about basketball? Were you going to try out for hoops? Yeah, that was my next tryout if I didn't make volleyball. I was just going to do it for fun. Yeah. And then golf after that, because <laughs> I played that in high school. <laughs> did you think that you weren't going to make the volleyball team? I didn't. I'd never played. I was so bad. <laughs> how, how bad were you then compared to now? Like, 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 give yourself like a rating on a scale of ten. I was probably a two or three back then. What do you know? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to answer that. <laughs> Jake Langlois is with us on BYU Sports Nation, outside hitter for BYU men's volleyball. We invite all of our guests to sign our BYU Sports Nation Rise Up flag to come on the show, Jake. And so we would like you to uh, give us your Herbie Hancock all right. uh, on our flag, if you don't mind. John, yeah, it's Herbie. <laughs> um, right Sean Olmstead was in here, and he mentioned that Carl uh, McGowan told him that there's one dude in the gym that has Olympic-level possibility talent physically and he said it's you it's you jake uh what does that mean when carl says something like that wow i kind of just laugh <laughs> carl's a funny yeah, that's carl the carl's a funny guy i i think he's serious but i can oh, never i can never tell with him so uh it's good to know that he has faith in me and i just I'm trying to live up to his his standards i guess and, it, and they're really high <laughs> And you can check out Jake and the Cougars tomorrow night, 9 Eastern, against UC San Diego on BYU TV. Thanks for the time. No problem. Thanks for having me. Jake Langlois making his debut on BYU Sports Nation. A loaded show today. We'll put a bow on it next. Wrapping up football news from the ACC. Basketball game day. You know what's going down. This is BYU Sports Nation. Volleyball. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. We've got about two and a half minutes, Jerem, and we've got a lot to discuss. It's been a loaded show, man. It's <laughs> been two awesome. and a half minutes. And don't forget, it's game day. BYU and San Francisco men's hoops tonight on uh, ESPNU and BYU Radio. Late tip, 11 p.m. Eastern time. Tyler B- Haas, 163 points away from becoming the all-time leading scorer, needs how many to pass Danny Ainge? 
31. 31. Yep. That is correct. So game day for men's and women's basketball. Huge show today. Uh, changed by some breaking news that we had just before we went live, and that was coming These from my Brett favorite Murphy days. I love of it. ESPN, saying that the ACC would count BYU as a P5 level opponent in non-conference scheduling, which goes exactly against what the ACC announced a few months back. And so we we had the luxury of talking to the man who broke the news, Brett McMurphy, and uh, he offered some really intriguing insight into what this means for BYU. He thinks the SEC will revisit what they said as well, which was the same thing. And if this means more games for BYU with those conferences, ACC first, that'd be great because BYU's always – I'm sure Tom Homo wakes up in the middle of the night thinking about the deals that he's – trying to get done, because I imagine there's a lot out there, and BYU continues to schedule well, independent of this, which is great. Yeah, and Brett McMurphy said that the SEC and the ACC are the only two conferences that have made a mandate about uh, you, have to, play at least you one have to play at least one P5, P5 team in the non-conference schedule. and So, so Notre Dame and BYU are included for are the included ACC. Now, with the company. SEC, BYU has scheduled Missouri and LSU recently. More, so you please. Would, you would More. have to think that... How about okay, Vanderbilt and yeah. Kentucky? Like, let's play the... <laughs> Let's just play the bad ones. Go play the SEC awesome. teams. You can hear the entire Brett McMurphy interview uh, on BYUSportsNation.com immediately following the show on BYUTV.org. It all leads up to what happens in Lincoln, Nebraska. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 219. Ooh, I didn't know if we were going to we, we didn't even practice that. Yeah. By, by the way, Jay Drew of the Salt Lake Tribune referenced uh, Brett McMurphy saying that one of the uh, BYU games moved to 2023, waiting to get official confirmation of that. But it was 19 and 20. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter. Dexter, help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. I'm giving it to the ACC, baby. <laughs> we dogged on that pretty hard during the summer. By the way, Steve Young coming up tomorrow on the show. Don't miss it. Big thanks to all of our guests, Roxy Bernstein, Jake Langlois, and Brett McMurphy, and everyone on our crew. Show on demand on BYUTV.org slash BYUSN. Shout out to Zach Colley. We're back to work tomorrow.